Good morning, everybody. Are you ready to get back into Paul's second letter to the Corinthians? Because we're going back to chapter 1. We will be in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 12 through 24 today. Let's get into it. Now this is our boast. Our conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves in the world, and especially in our relations with you, with integrity and godly sincerity. We have done so relying not on worldly wisdom, but on God's grace. For we do not write you anything you cannot read or understand. And I hope that, as you have understood us in part, you will come to understand fully that you can boast of us, just as we will boast of you in the day of the Lord Jesus. Because I was confident of this, I wanted to visit you first so that, I'm, so that you might benefit twice. I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and come back to you from Macedonia, and then to have you send me on my way to Judea. Was I fickle when I intended to do this? Or do I make my plans in a worldly manner, so that in the same breath I say both yes, yes, and no, no? But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God... Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, by Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen was spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. I call God as my witness, and I stake my life on it, that it was in order to spare you that I did not return to Corinth. Not that we lord it over your faith, but we work with you for your joy, because it is by faith you stand firm. Good morning, Missio. My name is Heather, and I'm one of the pastors here, and um, it's good to be with you in this way. Um, thanks, Jonathan, for that reading, and also represent University of Utah in the background. <laughs> Just thought you had to get that in there. Um, we continue today in um, Corinthians, as you just heard from Jonathan. And this week, um, I was on a walk in the morning. Um, it was quite early in the morning, and I was walking with my cup of tea, because, you know, it's important to have tea in the morning. And um, I was walking past this car, and as I walked past this car, I caught eyes with a woman in the car, and then she turned around, and I saw that in the back of the car, her daughter was sitting there. And um, the mum smiled at me and then looked back, and I just kind of kept on walking, but I could see that the back window was being rolled down. And so I kept walking, and um, as I had passed the car, I heard a little girl's voice and I heard this, hello. <laughs> and so I echoed back to her, hello. And then the car um, pulled away. And as the car was building, pulling away, and mind you, all this is happening behind me, I hear this little voice, goodbye. <laughs> and so I echo back, goodbye. And it was this really tender moment um, in this space where we're living in um, 
pretty complicated time and people are walking around with masks and are a little bit uncertain of each other and we agree and disagree on how different people handle it and um, we individually and collectively are all responding differently and tensions are high. So we have this COVID situation that is causing this tension and then on top of that we just have everyday life and that little girl reached towards me um, and it actually brought me to tears. In the moment, it was like, she's like, I see you. And it was really touching and tender for me. And in the book of Corinthians, we started out um, last week and Paul tells us that he's living through, just lived through a really, really dark time. And he emerges and he writes this letter to Corinth and um the relationship they have is complicated. In the first letter, it's been complicated. There's likely been another letter that has gone and now we're in 2 Corinthians and they've been uncertain of each other and they disagreed with each other on how they've handled things and they have somewhat of a tense relationship. And that comes out here a little bit in this section. Paul says in verse 12 that he has acted with integrity and sincerity and there's a reason that he's saying that. Because in the broader relationship, they've consistently accused him of different things. And in this moment, he was going to travel to Corinth, but he's changed his travel plans and they've accused him of being fickle, that he can't be trusted. And some of us resonate with that, that authority figures can't be trusted that they do what they want to do and they don't keep their word and the things that they do are for self-serving purposes and this is what they thought of Paul. But the whole point that Paul makes throughout the letter is that that's not the kind of power he wants to have nor does he have. He is not standing over their faith wanting, um, he's instead in verse 24, if you look there, it says that he wants to work with them for their joy and for their delight. He doesn't have an authority over their lives that he wants to secure, but to validate the security that they have by faith. So he's not authority that he wants to validate over them, but he wants to validate that the security that they have by faith. And faith is a bit of a confusing word. Sometimes I think when we think of faith, we believe that it's self-generative. It's something that I have to do. And so rather in this moment, I think Paul is driving us towards something. I think I would choose the word confidence or security rather than faith. Paul is grounding them. And I think that's what we need too in this moment. We need grounding in this un in kind of complicated and uncertain time. We disagree in our households probably. <laughs> We disagree as a nation and we disagree globally and it can be tense and so we need grounding. We need somewhere to put our confidence and our security and that is what Paul is doing here in a similar kind of tense moment in Corinth. And as you read that first section from chapter 12 um, on to 20, Paul is saying to them, you are busy worrying about me saying no. And then he says, it's yes. And it's always been yes in relationship to you. I don't 
I'm not saying no. But then he ties his yes to mind-blowing sentences about God. Mind-blowing sentences. Verses 20 to 22. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and he put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. There's this history of promises that are true of God, and Israel lived on the promises of God. That God would accomplish what he planned. And God says yes in spite of them. God says yes in spite of the circumstances. And yes, that he would remain true to his people. He would remain true to humanity. But God's most profound yes comes in Jesus. Basically, Jesus is the hello of God. I see you. Through Jesus, God reaches towards humanity and restores us. And that is the yes we get from God in Jesus. I see you. I want you. I am for you. I forgive you. I love you, and I'm with you. That is the yes we get from God in Jesus. And so we have this security in that yes, the security and I see you, I want you, I love you, I'm for you, I'm with you. And no matter how many promises it says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And he continues by saying, through him, Jesus, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. We echo those words back. We echo the words back. I want you. I see you. I forgive you. I'm with you. We then speak as we hear. We speak the yes or the amen back out into the world just similar as I did with that little girl. We echo it back. We speak the yes and amen back into the world, the complicated, uncertain, fractured, beautiful world. And Jesus speaks the yes and we hear it. We hear it. That's what faith is, hearing. We hear it. And as we hear it, we echo it back into the world, just like creation. We can't help it. And so God gives us this security in the yes that he offers. But he also secures our identity and our purpose and guarantees us life. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anoints us, set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. God makes us stand firm in Christ. 
And Christ um, literally means anointed one or Messiah. It is both a title, which is royal and priestly, and a role. And the role of Messiah was to heal and renew and restore, which is why Christ is given that title and it's what Christ does. It's what he did through death, resurrection, and ascension. It's what he continues to do through the power of his spirit. And as Messiah means anointed one, so God has anointed us Messiah people. And we are stamped with his seal, his spirit in our hearts, giving us a secure identity. And a seal in ancient times was this um, personalized imprint of the guarantor. And so basically, it's what it still is today if there's a seal, you know. If it says HRH, those of us who are from um, the UK know exactly what it means. HRH, Her Royal Highness. Like it's this seal that's imprinted in wax. It's just all it has to say is HRH. You know exactly what's, where that note is coming from. And the significance of the sealing is dependent on the importance of the one who does the sealing. So the import in the letter comes from the seal because it represents who has sealed it. And in centuries when few people could read or write, the seal provide this pictorial expression of royal approval. Monsieur, that's us. We have that seal, that royal approval. We are guaranteed with the mark of Messiah himself, whose life we now share. And we share it by his spirit. Christian hope is founded on Jesus' resurrection. We just celebrated that at Easter. And that's the point that hope becomes real within us, real within us by the gift of God's spirit who guarantees life. And life to come, but most importantly, life now. There is an English theologian by the name of Lucy Pippiet, and she says this. Salvation is not a deal Christ brokers with God so we can get into heaven. Jesus breathes the Spirit on us anew and recreates us through death to our distorted selves and into new life in him, That's the hope that we have of our salvation. And God's promises are yes in Jesus, and Jesus reaches to us and restores us and renews us, and it is what God is doing now. He's doing it in us and through us, and that is the life we have, and it is the life we share. We are a pictorial expression of royal approval, for all the world to see and understand. God both secures our identity and purpose. And that's important. James Finley, who is a studier of the mystics, talks about how we have to learn to depend on God as the sole source of our security. And it's especially important in moments where we don't understand or where we feel a sense of poverty in spirit. 
where we have doubt and uncertainty and fear, which is a lot of what this moment draws out of us. Whether we're in health or lack of health, whether we have security or we lack security, whether we have intimacy in relationship or we lack intimacy, whether we have direction or we lack direction, it is important that we understand and lean into depending on God's yes because we are the people that have heard it, the ones that have heard, I see you, I want you, I'm for you, I forgive you, I'm with you. We have heard that. And so in all of our circumstances, to be Christ followers means that we are learning to depend upon God's yes. To depend upon God's yes to be the sole source of our security and identity. That is what Paul is pointing the Corinthian church to ground themselves in. And it's what we constantly need pointing back to. Because it's in learning the source of our security and identity that we find our purpose. Through our dependence upon God, we begin to bear witness. We bear witness to his yes. And we echo it back out into the world. And people can see the presence of God presencing itself through us. Messiah people, standing firm in Christ. And we're called back to this table every week. And I don't know if you have um, the elements with you, but before David comes to lead us in worship again, I would encourage you to get bread and wine or juice or crackers or Doritos or whatever it is that you want to use today. Because we're called back to this table every week. Because we're called back to depend upon God's yes to us. And so you can do this in your own home. And as you do it, I would ask you to attune to this question. Where do you need to depend upon God's yes? It's likely where your identity or source of security is called into question. By fear or by doubt or by shame or by failure or by pain or by uncertainty. Where is that for you? Where do you need to depend upon God's yes? As you come to the table, know that yes is guaranteed. And it's guaranteed not by you. It's dependent on the importance of the one who has done the sealing. That yes is guaranteed by God himself in Christ. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. 
And so through him, the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal upon us, and put his spirit in our heart as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Through Jesus, God reaches for and restores humanity. God reaches for and restores you. He says, I see you. I want you. I'm for you. I forgive you. I love you. I'm with you. That is God's yes to you in Christ. Missio, that's the message that you echo out into the world. Let's pray. Jesus, we find ourselves fearful. We find ourselves doubting. There's scarcity as a person who lives alone and longs for my own connection with family and with um, little humans of my own. It's so easy to let the scarcity of this moment question my security and my identity. And yet in leaning in to depend upon you, I hear your yes. I hear you say that you want me, that you love me, that you're for me and that you forgive me. And I pray today that the people of Missio would hear that. By your spirit. That you would confirm your yes to them. And they would stand in the security of their own identity. And they would echo that out into the world. So by your spirit, remind us what is true. That we're guaranteed in you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.